Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Today, we are having a fun, chilled, laid-back girl talk episode. My girl Coco is here. I can't wait for you all to meet her. Sit back, grab a fucking cocktail, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh, my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. I did not in chapter 16. <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on her Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. All right, y'all, before we dive into this interview with Coco, who is such a doll, um, moved here by herself at the age of 22 from Croatia to the U.S., um, has been in and out of toxic relationships, and now is a force online that helps women really know their worth and find their power. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about what's on my heart today. Keep in mind, we record so fucking far ahead on this show that by the time this airs, like this is not (laughs) what necessarily is on my mind today. Um, So no need to slide into my DMs to make sure I'm okay. I assure you I'm fine. Um, I'm recording this pre-baby. So this is pre-baby, pre-baby uh, hormones, all the good things. And by the time this airs, like, I'm sure I will be a full-on mom. <laughs> but I want to talk to you guys a little bit about what I have been feeling and have had coming up today because it might speak to some of you. If you know anything about me, which (laughs) let's be real, if you're listening to this show, you probably know way too fucking much about me from the books to the podcast to my social media, especially if you're on my close friends group. If you know anything about me, I like to have control of things in life in general. I'm a planner like let's let's plan shit very fucking far in advance and have nice schedules set up like I'm a fucking control person. And for me, it's not super fun to not have control. One of the best ways you can um, smack yourself in the face and realize that you actually have no control is getting pregnant. (laughs) I knew that going on this journey, so many mothers had told me like, when you have a kid, it's going to mirror a bunch of your old triggers, old traumas, old shit, so that you can bring that up to heal. Um, It's very similar to, you know, being in a romantic relationship or any type of relationship, quite frankly. You attract relationships into your life so that they can mirror shit for you to deal with and heal and get the fuck over or learn from. And 
I feel like the child parent relationship is no different. And this is happening for me even before this little bundle of fucking joy shoots out of my badge. Um, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, Gabrielle, you go too far. And then I'm like, no, that's why they're listening to this show. They love it. Keep going farther, farther. Um, this has been really real for me in my pregnancy journey. All in all, I feel like I've had a very healthy, amazing, lucky pregnancy. I didn't deal with like insane sickness. Um, like it's all been pretty good from the horror stories that I hear. But one thing I have noticed is like the fucking roller coaster of hormones is real. And I never truly understood how out of control that can make you feel, um, which for me is a huge fucking thing. So today specifically, and that's why I chose to do this intro today as opposed to like when this episode is going to air months down the line. Before I got on to do this interview with Coco, I was having a a day of hormones. Um, I was like in tears, called my mom, was like, come help me fix my life as, as I do. Um, and we started doing some of her healing work around it. And what we ended up getting to was you don't feel like you have control and you feel like you have to save everybody. So Tay was going through a little difficulty in his life and I immediately felt like I had to fix and save him through what he was going through, even though he's totally fucking capable of doing that himself. It's the trauma response that I have of if someone is in trouble, how can I fix it? How can I save it? It's the high-functioning codependent that we talked about way back in fucking Terry Cole's episode where if you are a high-functioning codependent and someone is in trouble or having issues, you're like, fuck, I need to like put my cape on and come in and save the day. How can I fix it? How can I make it better? How can I make it so everybody's happy again? And that's a lot of fucking stress to carry on yourself, you guys. I know from personal experience, <laughs> it's too much. So there was that aspect that was going on. And we sat down to like talk about this whole control thing. And my mom looked at me and she's like, Gabrielle, the biggest thing that you're going to learn when you have a child is that you have no control at all. <laughs> this is going to be a massive life lesson for you. Um, and I was trying so hard to be like, okay, I want to like make sure I have all the things that I need off of the registry. I want to make sure that like I have all my finances in order and I know what I have to like plan. So nothing like hits me and is surprising. Like we just bought a house and like we have all these new like expenses that we're like trying to get comfortable with. Like it, it's been a lot. We did a lot in a very short amount of time. Like we literally were like, what are the biggest stressors in life? Getting married, having a child, buying a home. Let's do all three. <laughs> really fucking back to back. Um, and it's been amazing. And I'm so glad we did all of it. But there are stressors that come with that. So I was really diligently trying to be like, okay, make sure everything's in order. Make sure you have everything. Like, what foresee what can go wrong and like really like prep and plan. And I broke down into tears today 
And I looked at my mom. I was like, I just feel so unprepared. And she like started laughing, not like at me, but she started laughing. And she's like, Gabrielle, you're like so prepared. And when I said the same thing to Tay, he started laughing. And he's like, you're more prepared than any other person I've ever seen go into motherhood. And through my tears um, and hysteria, I was like, no, I feel prepared like with stuff. Like I like registered and got stuff and like made a really cute nursery. But like I haven't like done enough research. I haven't taken the baby classes. I blah, 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 blah. And my mom looked at me and she was like, Gabrielle, the only thing you need to do is to be with this baby and love the baby and learn shit as it happens. She was like, I did all the research, took all the classes, just like had read all the books and I threw everything out the fucking window when you got here. And it was like, oh, I just need to like be a mom and be with the baby. And I was like, oh, so like I just have to fully fucking give up control is what you're saying. <laughs> That's terrifying. How do I do that? D Wallace, can you explain to me? Um, and I, I know you guys are waiting for me to give you some incredible answer that like is going to make you feel better about if you're dealing with the same shit that I'm dealing with. I'm not going to. So sorry. I think for me, the conscious decision of knowing that I have to stay in the moment and be present and the understanding that things ebb and flow and sometimes they're going to be incredible and amazing and like just the best that they could be. And sometimes they're going to be difficult and frustrating and you're not going to feel as like on it and superwoman and both of those are okay. Because whenever you're feeling the not so great, the not so fantastic, the frustration, the shittiness, it's only a matter of time for that to switch and to come back up. You have to have the lows to really appreciate the highs. And the conscious decision for me to let go of needing to control everything immediately made me feel like I could breathe again. And it was, I guess what I'm saying, you guys are like, Gabrielle, you're fucking rambling. Wait till you hear this episode, guys, because it has nothing to do with any of this. Today's just like unhinged. It's going to be, we're about to get into like relationships and like all the different things. Anyways, I think my biggest message I wanted to give you guys in this intro is if you are out there and you are going through a hard, difficult time, know that it will pass. Know that it's okay to sit and feel it and be with it and give yourself grace, but then make the conscious decision to let it go and to focus on the positive and to take those steps forward. It's worth doing that for yourself. What the fuck have I even been talking about for the last 11 minutes? All right. Without further ado, <laughs> let's get Coco on this bitch. Here we go. 
summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. Coco, my girl, welcome to FML Talk. I'm so excited to have you here today. Same here. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm so ready for this conversation. I feel like you and I have had many interesting like thematic parallels in our lives. Um, so I know we're going to have a lot to talk about. But for everyone that's listening, can you just kind of give everyone a little bit of a backstory on how it is that you came to do what you're doing now in like your incredible online presence. Well, thank you very much. Wonderful, wonderful uh, adjectives. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a born and raised in Croatia, hence the name. My name is Cornelia Slunski, which is why I go by Coco nowadays. It's much easier for the US market. <laughs> and I moved here when I was 22 on my own. So my whole family's back in Croatia. And I always knew that I wanted something different. I knew that I wanted something bigger. And when I was growing up and when I was sharing those emotions with people around me, people were like, it's okay. Like, you don't have to do this, you know? And Croatia was a war country. So, I mean, maybe that's also the mentality. I don't know. But it's like, just be happy with what you have. And don't get me wrong, mm. I'm super grateful. But I was always a, a go-getter. And I always wanted to do things for myself. And I was always listening to that inner voice. In my 20s, I got a little confused. but then we, <laughs> As we, as we, we all came, fucking yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I moved here when I was 22. I mean, I was living in New York for around seven years and I was pursuing makeup artistry because I always loved working with women and making them feel special and beautiful. And my content today is making them feel beautiful on the inside as well. So I started with, you know, I was also kind of like their therapist. I was, you know, when you work with somebody super close, I mean, makeup you kind of create this bond. So I was always listening to people's stories and it, it was it was a beautiful time of my life. But during the pandemic, obviously a lot of things changed and people were like, yo, well, what, what am I doing with my life? I was one of those people and makeup was just not fulfilling as I wanted my career to be. I always wanted to just, you know, be happy doing what I'm doing. And don't get me wrong, I love makeup. I love beauty. I'm always going to be, you know, passionate about it. But I just didn't feel there's any type of depth in for me at the moment. So I, at the end of 2020, I was flying to Miami a lot to do, to do photo shoots for a lot of production companies because New York was still kind of under, you know, shutdown. 
And every time I was flying into Miami, I was like, I'm happy here. I'm so much happier here. And I was going to a really horrible breakup during the pandemic. And I was just, wow, Miami, I can, I can breathe. Mm. So I decided I'll just move here. Why not? And I got a place for six months and it's been two years now. I'm loving it. And then when I moved here, I just wanted to reinvent myself. I just wanted to try different things. And that was around the time when TikTok started happening and I asked all of my friends, what should I do on TikTok? And they all said, makeup and beauty. And I said, no. I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm tired of makeup tutorials. I can't do another eyeliner. Like how many different ways can you? I mean, I was just like, no, I need to do something else because I felt like I have so much more to offer than just like, you know, a mascara. And when I was in my friend group and with my, you know, clients and whatever, there was like, I love how blunt you are. I love your no bullshit approach. And I think that's also the European in me because we mm -hmm. kind of just like say what we think. And one thing after another, I started posting on TikTok and I was trying all the different types of content, like my morning routine, my, you know, the, the drill. And then there was this one video that blew up that kind of labeled me as the high maintenance influencer because I said that I do not accept a coffee or a walk as a possible data option and neither should you. And then mm -hmm. I went on a tangent here why women should demand and expect more from men. And that video, you know how people say like, oh, I didn't know that one's going to go viral. But I was like, I really didn't know because... <laughs> For me, it's it's such a normal thing. Like you don't go on a coffee date if you if you have, you know, you have a lot of things in your life. You have a lot of shit going on. You have a full life and you want to go on a date with somebody who's gonna want to do something for you, impress you. Like, you know, when you're an attractive woman and you're on a dating app or something, you get thousands of invites. So it's like you have to differentiate which one you're going to take. But also where my advice was coming from, it was more more from meeting people in real life. I didn't understand how much dating is online. I did mm -hmm. I really didn't realize because you know I was living in New York and I was in Miami and people here were social and they go out and I go out myself a lot. So I started posting dating advice online and I realized that this is what I love doing and I love helping women overcome their toxic relationships and all these things that you sometimes you just think like, I'm never going to get out of this. Mm. And I think that also it's very easy to create content for the version of you five years ago because yes. you know what you <laughs> needed to hear. So when you were going, you mentioned you were going through a pretty bad breakup during COVID. I know like when COVID hit, it was either like we're getting married and having babies and like this is my person or like, oh shit, I'm in the wrong fucking relationship. So can you tell me a little bit about how that breakup was and it, was it more difficult because of the COVID amplification? I think it was difficult because I was here alone. I'm, as I said, I'm from Croatia. So my whole family's back there. So I felt like, okay, well, this is my family. And once you, and this is something I speak about a lot, when you, when people are going through a breakup and they're super sad and they're like, why am I so sad? You didn't just lose this relationship. You lost a huge part of your life. You lost your friends. I mean, your mutual friends. You lost your day-to-day -day habits. You lost like a huge part of you is gone. And that's mm -hmm. the same way I felt. And even though you know that it's so much better for this relationship to end, you still lost a huge part of you. And it's a very natural for you to be sad and mourn and cry and just like let it all out and i know i had days when i literally could not smile like literally yeah. and i yeah, I'm, i mean i'm sure you can relate mm -hmm. so i 
went through a shit ton of therapy. And I learned a lot about relationships and people and why we do what we do. And I hope that I can, you know, not everybody has to agree with what I have to say or my advice or anything like that, but they can just know that there is a way out and that they just have to be brave enough to get out. Because a lot of times people are in these bad relationships that they just don't know how to leave because their life is so intertwined. Right. There's always a way. Yeah, I feel like I have a lot of people that write into the show that always say, well, I feel like my relationship is good enough. And the the thought of having to start over and like go back to square one and do the dating apps and like meet people and hope to find someone like the thought of going through that whole fucking rigmarole again in comparison to the good enough relationship. They're like, "Mm, maybe I'll just stay where it's like, comfortable and good enough and i'm always like guys there's so much fucking more than that like there is life is too long and too short to be with someone who's just good enough like because it can be so much better than that you just have to be willing to take the chance to be uncomfortable and to be alone and i'll tell you why i think a lot of people stay in these relationships because probably in a fight this guy told them you're never going to find somebody better who would want you? Like, look at yourself. I mean, I've heard all of it. So I think that you start believing all the bullshit that other people feed you. And you don't have the courage to actually fight for yourself. So I think that staying in a mediocre blah relationship, I don't know who, why would you want that for yourself? Like, if your relationship is blah right now, think about your relationship in 30 years from now. Right. <laughs> this is what right. you want. Like, this is... <laughs> What I re- when I realized that I need to step away is when I was looking at myself. I you know you know those moments when you like vividly remember the moment when you were like, okay, this is done. Yes, <laughs> I was looking at myself in the mirror, like red as fuck, crying, and I was like, is this what you want for yourself for the rest of your life? Like, is mm. this what you want? This is what you're gonna get if you're not gonna do anything about it. So I was like, okay. Let's see. Let's see if I make it. Yeah. But, what What do you think gave you the courage to not stay in the complacent relationship and make the decision to leave? Like, what was the the driving force and like the deciding factor? When you're in a relationship and when you're trying to fix it so hard and you're trying and trying and trying and things are just not working, you have to make a decision. It can be, you know, maybe one day he's not going to reply to your text or something like one is something's going to happen. and You're just going to snap and you're Mm. just going to be like, this is it. Because now today when people come to me and they're like, oh, what if he changed and stuff like that? And, you know, he told me and I'm like, okay, well, think about this. How many times you actually try to change this thing in your relationship? And how like how much were you giving and giving? And he just never changed anything about whatever you wanted him to change. And what happened in this one month or two months or three months when you guys were separated, like how much growth and healing can happen in this month or two. So after you're trying to fix something or, and you also see like, is it one-sided or two doubles? Like is, is your partner trying to do the same or they're just living their life? And also what I, what I have to add that I, 
during this, you know, bad relationship and bad breakup and stuff like that, I also learned a lot about myself and a lot of stuff that I could have done better or different mm. or maybe I should have broken up a while ago or something. I don't know. But I think also when you're going through these bad relationships, you also have to see what is this teaching you? Because yeah. you can't just tell, you can't just turn around and say he was horrible and he fucked everything up and I and I'm an angel. I mean, you you're not if you stayed with somebody like that for so long. Yeah, you always have to take accountability for the parts you've played into the relationship, not to mean that you've deserved any of like the horrible shit that's potentially been happening yeah, to absolutely you. Not. But like we all like relationships come into our lives either to make us wildly happy or to teach us a bunch of fucking lessons and like help us grow. <laughs> so it's like if you're not taking accountability for the shit that's on your side of the street, it's like you're doing a disservice to yourself. You have to like be like, okay, what's my part in this that I don't want to take into future relationships? I want to talk a little bit about when you went through your breakup and you went, you said you got into therapy. What types of therapy did you do and did you find like most helpful for you on your healing journey? This is very interesting that I started. So I never had, I never did therapy before that. And I just saw that I was unhappy and I didn't know anything about therapy. You know, when you're growing up, therapies for, the sick people, you know, people, nobody was really talking about it. And also in Croatia, it's even a bigger taboo than it is here. Mm. So I was just talking to my friends that I knew that they went through some, you know, horrible experiences. And I was like, connect me to your therapist. And they told them like that there was a good therapist. So funny enough, I started my first call with this girl was two weeks before my breakup. It's like almost a gift from God that like I needed somebody to like kind of <laughs> guide me through. And I don't even know, to be honest, what kind of therapy this was because she is from, she's from Serbia, actually. I'm from Croatia. So I wanted oh, somebody who, I wanted somebody who understands my culture and where I'm coming from. And because mm -hmm. I had later on, I had therapists here, like better help and stuff like that. But I feel like when you're from a different country, it's, yeah. di it's hard to understand everything. So yeah. I had my weekly therapy calls with her and... I'm never going to forget this. I was on a call with her and my ex was calling me while we were on a call. Hmm. And I was, and I told her, can I just, can I call you in a second? Let me just see what he wants. And let me, let me, we can continue the conversation. And she's like, you are putting the time you're putting in the work. You're spending money. Yeah. And you want to cancel this call right now because he decided to magically call you. Right. Like, are you okay? And I was yeah. like, okay, I guess I'm not okay. He, she really helped me through everything. And then I just, I'm a self-growth, self-development junkie. So I was also trying to learn why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? And then what I learned is when you're going through these hard moments, whether it's you're losing a friendship or whatever, a relationship, you there's these chemicals in your brains that are similar to getting off a drug. Yeah. So you actually feel withdrawal symptoms and then whenever you're stalking them on instagram or you're going through old photos you're getting that hit and yep. that's when i decided i will block the shit out of him yeah and that's what i did and i told my friends i don't want to know anything i don't want to hear anything i don't want to know anything and they're like but I, i'm sure you want to know a little bit. i'm like no i don't want to know i really don't want to know because i 
am my own priority and I want to, you know, I just know that this is not the type of behavior I deserved. So I was like, I just want to move on. I was listening to a, a lot of, you know, TED Talks and at the time. I wasn't like so much into podcasts. I feel like they were not that popular back then. But I just like, I was on a self-healing journey. Yeah. And I made it. <laughs> I think that so many people forget that when a relationship ends, it's so similar to a grieving journey. Like mm -hmm. it, it, it is in very many ways like someone that you love has died. And in, in my experience, it's been even more difficult in some facets because the the person that quote unquote died is like actually still walking around on this planet and they're just choosing that they don't want to be involved with you. Um, mm -hmm. It's like a different type of grief that, you know, a lot of people will, will brush it off and be like, well, like, you know, however long the relationship was, you have like half of that to like get over it and move on. And I'm like, mm -hmm. There's no fucking like weird timeline like, you know, that you have to hit to get over something like that. Like the uh, the guy that broke my heart after my ex-husband, it took me two years to get through that shit. Mm -hmm. And that was like because it was like detoxing from a drug. And every time I would finally wean off of it, he would swoop in or we would, you know, have sex or there was a text message exchange, like something would so happen that would... <laughs> yeah, that would give that fucking dopamine hit again. And it was just like, and we're back at square one. It's mm -hmm. blocking people is, I am, I'm a fucking pro at it. I probably do it too, <laughs> too aggressively nowadays. Like someone will say one fucked up thing on my TikTok. I'm like, mm, sorry, goodbye. Like yeah. off to the ethers I, of the internet you go. Like, I just don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big blocker myself, especially on my socials. And then it's funny, recently, I also saw that you have this series on your TikTok where you're replying to troll comments. I love yes. it. <laughs> uh, somebody recently told me that somebody was talking shit on my uh, TikTok or Instagram. Somebody was talking shit on my video. And I was in a bad mood. And I was like, okay, you want to fuck with me? Okay. And it was a lot of comments. So it's not like one comment. It was like somebody was, you know, just like trolling. And I clicked on their page. I saw where they work. And I um, sent a screenshot. And it was like, it, it, I sent a screenshot of their comments to that company, like to their Instagram account. And I was like, just letting you know. I was like, I just want to let you know that this is what your employee is writing on the internet. And if I were you, I would like to know that my employees are embarrassing me on the internet it's not mm -hmm. like i you know went to his linkedin and put in his name like i clicked on his account and the first thing there was right. like his and it was actually a social media agency so i was like Stop. how are you how can yeah. you even like you work in the social media space like how 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 dumb right. are you and right. then i posted about it on my tiktok and then some girl came and commented saying that i am so petty that when i um when you have a social media job that you are open to feedback and positive mm -hmm. and negative criticism and that you should like have a thicker skin and blah 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 i'm like i'm sorry first of all you don't even know what he was saying secondly you don't know the you don't know what like you don't know what he was saying you don't know how many times he was saying it you i'm not open to feedback when somebody's like literally insulting me that's yeah. not feedback that is actual trolling yeah so i very much appreciate that series and i just hope that people are gonna 
think twice before they just write shit on the internet. It's just not, it's just not nice. I think there's, look, like, yes, we're opening ourselves up to, you know, opinions and like whatever because we're in the public eye. Okay, I get it. But there's a difference between like stating a well thought out, genuine opinion versus like trying to tear someone down and make someone feel like shit. Mm -hmm. And I've had experiences where I get very, 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 very rarely do I get shit on my Instagram. It's usually just for men on my TikTok. Oh, wow. The, the occasional women, um, but very rarely on my Instagram. And there was one instance where this girl who clearly was following me, who clearly didn't like me, which is always so funny to me because like, why would you follow people that you don't like? Um, <laughs> and the second I posted something that was related to the topic she wanted to go off on me on, she like started sounding off in the comment section. And I screenshotted it and I put it on my story to like just make a lesson out of it. I wasn't like, fuck this bitch, go like tear her down <laughs> and like go after her. Like I would never do that. But I was making a statement and a point about like, this is problematic. Like, don't shame people because you're so far on the other side. And she slid into my DMs and was like, you're a bully. I can't believe you would post wow. that publicly. And I'm like, girl, you're writing it. <laughs> your shit wasn't like it wasn't blocked on my comment section. Like you wrote it for the public to see. Why is it so uncomfortable that you can see the little profile yeah. picture? You don't even see your username when I posted in my story. Like, can't fucking dish mm -hmm. it out if you can't take it, yo. <laughs> Same thing with this guy. Like, how do you have the balls to go and talk so much? Like, you're, you were just really insulting me. And then when I, I didn't also, like, put his name or anything like that. Like, my goal is not to destroy other people. That's not what I'm here to do. <laughs> my goal <laughs> is just sometimes to also just fight back and be like, this is not okay. And if yeah. one troll sees that video and he doesn't offend the next person, yeah, mission. job well done. Yeah, job well done. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that you moved from Croatia to the States when you were 22 by yourself, that's a huge, that's a big move. Like I've done solo trips by myself for months at a time and those were scary. So I can't imagine like leaving what you've known for 22 years be behind and coming to a completely new country. Was that like culture shock for you? What was that experience like? First off, I I don't know how I actually had the balls to do that when I think now, like, I mean, it was, I'm 32 now. So it was actually 10 years ago. I came here on an exchange program. I was studying journalism and I came here and I was supposed to stay for, you know, just a few months and then come back and you live my life in Croatia. I guess, you know, the typical get married by 26 and, you know, and when I came here, I was just, um, I just realized that everything I ever wanted in life is possible. And I never, I, I didn't know. I really didn't know it's possible, but it's possible if you work really hard and it's, it was, it was super hard. And I mean, it's hard even till this day, you know, when I have something nice that happens and I want to have my family over, like I can't do that. So right. there's a huge, um, void in my daily life. Absolutely. But when it comes to culture shock, not really, because I was obsessed with America. I was watching Gossip Girl, Friends. I was <laughs> dreaming of, you know, finding my Chuck Bass and stuff like that. I just <laughs> always wanted to be here. And even when I was, I don't know, when I was in school learning English, I was always like sitting front row. I was always like the, 
I always wanted to improve my accent and I, I always just wanted to be here. Did you not speak and I made any English when you moved here? I did, but it was not fluent and it didn't, I mean, it was fluent, but it wasn't as good as it is today. And I didn't understand right. some uh, slang, which was so funny when somebody's <laughs> like, no, I got it. I'm like, what, what, uh, you got, you, what did you get? It's like, I got it. What do you, I mean, what? So even till this day, I have a boyfriend, he is uh, American born and raised so sometimes he's saying that because i make some grammar mistakes when i'm speaking mm-hmm. he's like now i'm doing the same grammar mistakes <laughs> which is yeah like we don't know who like what's the proper way to talk anymore it's funny right right what do you think is different about the relationship that you're in now than the ones you've had in the past like what makes what sets this one apart as being more healthy than past relationships for you this is the only healthy relationship I had, I think. Mm. And it's because when I was growing up, let me think, like I was always like going for the bad boy. I think I was always like, I was always craving that uh, up and down and the dramatic moments and rushing to the airport and like, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Even trying to think now, like who was my first boyfriend? It was this guy that was like the hottest guy in school and he was cheating on me with this other girl and then like i got beaten up because of that random (laughs) random fact but that was my first boyfriend and even though you know we usually see our parents and that's the kind of love we expect and my family like they're normal people like my parents are still together i don't know where i got this from but I was always different. I always like wanted bigger and better things. So I think that's what I identified as bigger and better at that time. Mm-hmm. And with my boyfriend now, first up, we were not planning to be in a relationship. We both had just moved to Miami from New York for work. I mean, I moved because of I just wanted to change and he moved like for work, only for work. So we were when we met, we met through a mutual friend and it was a very casual thing in the very beginning. We're like, we just moved here, don't want a relationship. And he's also a pretty private person. So dating somebody, and I was already posting my content back then. I mean, I was always on Instagram, but it wasn't like this this type of content. And he never really thought that he's going to date somebody who is in the public eye that much. Mm-hmm. And we just realized that we we were so comfortable. And I think because it, there was not that type of pressure, like, oh, let's go on a date and see if we are boyfriend, girlfriend, because we were just like, we're just hanging out and we're just having a great time. Mm-hmm. And we're just so comfortable. And one thing after another, and it's been two years. Oh, I love that. I feel like that's kind of how my husband and I started, my my now husband. Um, and we were like just friends for the first two mm-hmm. months. And it really like built that foundation in such a instrumental way to where now like yes like sex is great and like the you know we have so much fun together and there's so much of the relationship that like lifts us up from each end but that foundation is always there no matter if we're like going through a hard time or shit gets weird like that foundation has never faltered even in the times in our earlier relationship where we had broken up and like spent time apart like that foundation was always there and i think when people can do that and can build that before diving into a relationship it's like 
absolutely incredible, which is obviously hard to do because you can't be like, Mm -hmm. hi, I'm like on an app. Let's go on a first date. I'm looking for a relationship, but can we just build a really great foundation before we get into it? (laughs) Like, It's like not the easiest thing to do. I understand that. But it's been such a game changer for me in this particular relationship. But that's why I say that you need to get to know someone before even going on a date with them. And that's where my no coffee walk date video was kind of coming from, because if you want to spend time with someone, you want to impress them, you want to experience something, you need to get to know them first. Like these small, like dating apps are a great tool to meet people, but I don't think that should be the only way you're dating. Because Mm -hmm. if that's the only way you're dating, you are potentially missing on your future husband or something in a bar because you're like, I don't even want to look at these guys. I don't want to do that. I'm just like on my apps swiping. But how are you going to even feel that type of connection, energy, the banter? I don't know. That's, I mean, it sounds pretty similar how you and your husband started and me and my boyfriend, like we were just friends and we were just getting to know each other. Yeah. And then everything else kind of. Yeah. Allowing it to be organic for sure. Yeah. And this is an advice I give to everyone. Not everyone, but most people. (laughs) When you are invited to birthday parties, all these annoying things that you sometimes don't want to go, you should go if you're single and you're trying to meet someone because you already have this like commonality. You you know somebody like a mutual friend or something. Like there's something that you guys have in common. And that's what happened with me and my boyfriend. We had a friend in common who introduced us. I think like you can't you can't lose anything if you just show up. Yeah. You can stay there for like an hour. You can, you know, check it out and you can leave. But sometimes people just get stuck at home. Yeah, I think that like goes for anyone, not just trying to like meet someone in a relationship, although yes, 100% to that, but also like for networking and for like, you never know who you're going to meet somewhere. And like, if they're going to introduce you to the other, like the universe works in weird fucking ways. And I am such a walking example of that. Like (laughs) the fact that I ended up at this one place and I met this person that decided to introduce me to this person, like, and it like... It it can be, yeah, look, I am the first person to be like, I don't want to go out and do shit. I want to Netflix mm-hmm. and chill like all the time. Same. Like <laughs> any excuse to not fucking put makeup on and get my ass out the door is like great. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of validity in showing up for yourself and putting the effort out into the world so that it can then give you that effort back. Coco, if you could give people listening one piece of advice for staying true to yourself and knowing your worth, if they're like on the journey of like getting out of a toxic relationship or wanting to date and getting into a healthy one, what would that be? Well, I have a tattoo that says know your worth. So I think that you constantly need to remind yourself who you are and what you deserve. Mm. And I know sometimes you're just going to, you know, you're going to have days when you're going to be in bed and cry and that's okay too but you all you all, you are in charge like you're in charge of your life you can't have this mopey energy all day every day and then expect somebody just walk into your house and be like hey hi let, let's lift you up like no right you were born alone and you're gonna die alone i know that sounds a little sad but like you're the only person you have consistently like the relationship you have with yourself is the most important one i didn't know that before i didn't even have this mindset of I didn't I don't even know how to explain it but I didn't 
put any value to my brain and <laughs> to the things that like negative self-talk. Eliminate that right away. Whenever my boyfriend and I are fighting, we don't use words like you're stupid, you are a loser, you're like we don't do that mm-hmm. because it's gonna just ruin our self-worth. I don't know if, if well, yeah, I'm making any sense with this. Yeah. yeah, and it's fucking mean. So let's just start with that. But like, yeah, if you wanna be in a healthy relationship, you can't use that negative self-talk for your partner just in the same way as if you want a healthy relationship with yourself, you can't use that negative self-talk with yourself. And I think that a lot of people, they don't ask for what they want because they're afraid of rejection. Mm -hmm. That's why maybe you are not going to, let's say you like somebody at a bar, you're not going to approach them because you're afraid they're going to say no. But okay, let's think about this. You're here right now. You don't know that person in the bar. So you don't know them. That's your reality. So if you go there, you say hello and they reject you. Okay, cool. Like you're exactly the same as you were 10 minutes ago. Mm -hmm. But if you go up there and you say hello, Maybe something's going to happen. Maybe it doesn't have to be your new husband. It might be your new friend. It might be a coworker. I don't know. Why not? That's my thing. Like, why wouldn't you just do that? Why wouldn't you show the universe? (laughs) This is my manifestation talk. Why wouldn't you just show to the universe that you are not afraid of going after what you want? And that's when you're going to start getting things back. And it's so funny. I notice when I am in like... um, when I'm in a positive mood, when I'm super happy, when I'm, you know, doing my meditations and journaling and all that, you know, self-work that is, I mean, it's annoying at times. I'm, it's really annoying. Like who wouldn't want to stay in bed an hour longer than, no, you got to go to the gym. You got to move a little bit. You got, it's annoying. It's hard. That's why not everybody's a happy person. So you have to put into work. I think that's the bottom line. Yeah, I agree. Put in the work to know your self-worth and like show the universe that you're ready. Exactly. Oh, good. Good one to end on. Coco, thank you for being (laughs) here. Can you tell everybody where they can find you online and the name of the podcast? My name is spelled with a K. So it's Coco Beauty, hence my previous career. So Coco Beauty on with an E at the end. So K-O-K-O-B-E-A-U-T-E, because Y was obviously occupied at the time when I started my (laughs) social media career. Same handle on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I don't really use YouTube. And my podcast is Bougie Best Friend. And I'm so excited to chat with name. you soon. I know. <laughs> I can't wait. I love it so much. Thank you for being here, girl. Thank you. I would like to thank Coco so much for coming on and gracing us with her presence today. I had such a fun Girl Talk episode with her. I hope you guys did as well and um, hope you got something out of that completely fucking hormonal unhinged uh, intro. (laughs) Again, friendly reminder, this episode is airing way fucking later than the time that I actually recorded it, like months down the road. Um, I love you guys so much. Thank you for always being here. Thank you for showing up and I will see you all next week. All right, FMLers, if you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you're loving the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone or the podcast page at FML Talk Podcast. For all the merch and books signed personally by me, you can shop the FML line on eatprayfml.com. And as always, have a fucking self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. 
Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.